first of all, get a great mentor that has done it and been in the business and, and been successful and is willing to share. Then the next thing would be get your people, uh, have your team, you know, your accountant, your real estate agent, your real estate attorney, your insurance broker, uh, get your people assembled. Welcome to the Wealth Matters podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to someone who is an insurance industry veteran, Beth Boiser-Kutz. And I hope I did not mess up her last name, but welcome, Beth. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So let me uh, go through Beth's bio. Beth joined J.B. Lloyd and Associates in 2006 specializing in insurance program for financial institutions and real estate investors. And I wanted to emphasize on real estate investors because 50% of my portfolio is in real estate and most of my listeners are real estate investors. So Beth, I am looking forward to this episode. Me too, thank you. Absolutely. So first question, tell us something interesting or funny about yourself other than your last name. Other than my last name, oh my gosh, that's about the funniest thing about me. Well, I guess, so something interesting would be that before I went into the insurance industry, I actually was a professional artist of all things. Mm. And I mean, that's my background. And I did that. I did murals on three-story buildings and municipalities. Wow. A lot of different type of um, artwork professionally and then decided I wanted to do something else and I went into sales and then uh, my father who is in the insurance industry said hey you know she can she can sell so he hired me away and I've been doing this ever since. That's awesome so does being an artist help you anyway in with sales or insurance industry? Yes, believe it or not, um, you know, you, yes, you are using two completely different sides of the brain, but, you know, <laughs> looking at things creatively, um, that helps with the insurance it's because so many people in insurance, you know, that it's very contractual, it's very legal, uh, it's all about protecting your risk, but sometimes you have to look at things creatively, you know, outside of the box, because like, how is the best way to do this? How's the best way to cover, you know, these assets? So yeah, it actually has quite a bit. That's awesome. And uh, do you invest in real estate yourself? Yes. Yes, we do. My family, we have a family limited partnership. Oh, we, um, we have quite a few single family residences and a couple of commercial buildings up in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Got it. So, so you are in Austin, rentals. Austin, but you invest in Dallas, right? Because Austin's yes. not too hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Austin. been crazy. Oh my gosh. I know it's like very, just like weekly, it seems like the prices jump. Yes. 
Um, but no, we're from Dallas, the Dallas ah, area. I see. So that's why we're centered there with our real estate portfolio. Got it. No, that's awesome. And and today, because uh, I heard you on another show, I think, or somewhere, and I heard a term you had mentioned was master insurance policy. I may not be uh, pronouncing it correctly. If I missed it, please please correct me. But what is it? That's a very good question. So a master insurance policy is a policy that once it is up in place, the insured can add or delete or modify any property that they have an insurable interest in at any time during the policy period with no additional applications or underwriting delays or underwriting at all. Um, so for example, let's say I purchase a new rental property tomorrow. Okay. And I would just go online, you know, uh, enter the proper into my portal that's been assigned to me. I would enter oh, the property okay. information. So I can even do it online without even reaching out to a broker. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, you'd have okay. you have a portal signed uh, assigned to you, and you enter the property information, the amount of coverage that you need for that property, um, the address. If there's a lender involved, you enter that information. And then you just hit add to policy and it's done. And likewise, wow. if I want to, so, so that's what a master policy does. It's okay. really in a nutshell, a great way for someone who has an interest in multiple properties to manage the insurance on multiple properties in one place. I see. Uh, so I have now a lot of questions, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wasn't very clear. No, no, you were. And, and it's great. So, I, I thought, so right now what I do, I, I reach out to my agent, right? When, as and when I buy or sell a property, I ask him to add a new property. And then of course he also adds my property. So he creates a new insurance policy for that particular mm -hmm. rental. And then he goes ahead and adds that rental as well in my umbrella. So how do you compare the master insurance policy to umbrella insurance policy? Are they similar or do I also, or would I also need an umbrella policy after having a man, master policy? Okay, so I'm going to break this into a couple of different parts. First of all, your underlying policy it sounds like is multiple different individual policies. So each of your rental homes has its own insurance policy. As opposed to a master policy, they would all be underneath one master insurance policy. So that's the first part of it. Second part of it is the umbrella that you have that overlays your underlying policies. So what you have is essentially, if you want to think of it as you've got these different individual insurance policies for the property, then overlaying all of those is an umbrella policy that every time you add a new property, the agent has to add that property to the umbrella. What the umbrella is, is it's giving you additional general liability limits because on your underlying policy, you don't feel like you have enough. So for example, you might have $500,000 as your general liability limit on your underlying insurance policy for property A. And you, let's say you are sued 
and you meet, you, you reach that limit of $500,000, then your excess umbrella insurance policy that has, that is overlaying that insurance policy that kicks in. That kicks in, correct. Right. And then it goes up to the limits on the umbrella policy. So if you've got another million dollars, <clears throat> once you've reached your 500,000 on the underlying insurance policy for property A, then you've got another million that in the in the umbrella bucket. Does that make sense? Yeah. So now the difference between an umbrella policy and a master policy is that a master policy is just like the underlying policy that you had on property A, except it covers all of the properties. It covers your properties A through Z. And typically the master policy is going to have higher insurance limits than a, an individual rental policy. Right. So you may or may not need to add an excess umbrella policy over it. It just it would depend on your risk tolerance and really how much you have to lose should you be sued. Uh, you know, sometimes some of my higher net worth clients feel that even if they've got you know two million aggregate in a bucket in the underlying policy for a specific property, they need they feel like they need to add to that because they have deeper pockets. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, that that's a great explanation. So of course. Uh, uh, now, what I understand from this is that I can pretty much add and remove policies. So can I, uh, so like in other, uh, when I'm working with another insurance agent and trying to do something similar, a lot of time I cannot combine properties from, let's say, two different states. Would that be allowed in a master insurance policy? Like, let's say I have a property in Wisconsin now and another property in Atlanta, Georgia, can, can I combine them in under one master insurance policy? So the, the answer is yes. Um, the, and the different carriers that offer these type of policies do each, they each do it a little bit differently. So some of them will say, okay, well, at the beginning when we're underwriting and going through that process, they'll say, okay, well, you've got properties in four states. We are going to initially say, these are the four states that you can add without asking permission. Ah, okay. So you have unlimited access to add any property that you purchase as an investment, you know, by just going online, like I said, in those four states. But then let's say you decide to add Florida. No, let's not even talk about Florida. Florida's problem child. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane. We'll add, Hurricane. We'll add <laughs> Ohio. We like Ohio. Oh, okay. So let's say you buy in Ohio. So then you would email me and say, hey, Beth, we need to add Ohio. So I get it added through the carrier. Then other carriers just at the outset add all 50 states. And there is no limitation like that. So again, you know, to answer your question, the answer is yes, you, you can do it in multiple states but how the carriers go about it varies depending on the carrier. Got it. So what are some of the pros or advantages of master having a master insurance policy over uh, you know, individual policies? Well, there are a number of them. Um, one, you have everything in one place and it doesn't, nothing expires until you physically remove it online. So 
you don't have to keep up with you know 14 different insurance policies <laughs> tell me you know. about it <laughs> yeah. i've been through with 14 different dates of you know expiring with 14 different coverage forms because oftentimes yeah. they do vary I've, i've done enough comparisons where it makes my mind and sometimes you know, like four or five different insurance agents to work with so it was <laughs> yes depending on the state um so there's that just the convenience of it is huge um the fact that you can you have a set rate set coverages you can add things as needed without any delays you can cancel them as needed without penalty um you determine the amount of coverage that you put on a property you um just you have so much more control so that those are some of the advantages um some other advantages are just the fact that you can choose monthly billing or annual billing you can okay. add a lender you can add multiple different llc's if you have them you know for I was uh, going there actually LLC is going to what's going to be my next question but <laughs> ah, yes. so yeah so those so those are some of the advantages um there but there are a number of them you know just the convenience i think would be first and foremost got it so uh LLC let's say i have and this is real example i have properties in um, iowa um, wisconsin the iowa is in an llc wisconsin is in another llc georgia is in another <laughs> llc and now if i want to get mass insurance policy who would be the uh, who 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 would be the insured right would it be my name or llc's name um, how would that work and let's say if i have partner would that uh, make it difficult So this is a very common thing. And there's a, diff- a couple of different ways you can do it. Um and but they all involve really the same strategy. You have one mass and one main insured. So you'd have the main named insured and that can be your personal name, that can be an LLC, got it. That can be a trust, you know, it doesn't matter. Um that's up to you and really your attorney how you best structure that. Then you add the additional entities the additional llc's as additional named insureds on the policy now if you have a partner that can be also handled a couple of different ways um let's say you have a partner on your wisconsin properties but none of the others right yep oh did i nail it <laughs> no it's 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 it, it, you you are going there not the same property but that's what i was asking that in some properties i have partner and in others it's just me how would that work so well there's a couple ways some if there's a lot of them some people like to carve those out and have a separate policy for those and then if there's a few of them what people will do or maybe they've got you know a partner on you know this property and and a different par- partner on this other one what they'll do is there's a place on the portal where you can add additional mortgages to specific properties so you're not adding that person to the entire master policy which then you know would mean that they should have an insurable interest in all of the properties right. um instead of doing that you're just adding them to the property that they have the insurable interest in so that's a capability of the online system to do that that's and the same great. with lenders 
So and, 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 and I love when you mention online because I'm all about automating <laughs> and having full control because every time I have to reach out to my agent, right? Oh, do this. And then I have to wait to get the new declaration or new bill, whatnot. But if I can do everything online, that's awesome. Yeah, you can even generate that evidence of insurance online. Yep. It's a little and PDF. That, yeah. And and would does this apply uh, master insurance policy? Is it does this apply to only single family to townhouse, or do you do this for multifamily or mobile home parks, um, etc.? So what we've been talking about is primarily single family up to four units. However. They will, carriers will oftentimes, and some of them, again, it depends on the carrier, will sometimes uh, re allow for, you know, if you've got one that's eight units, they may grandfather that one in. Um, but often, you know, we will take the multifamily and if, if we can't grandfather it in and we'll just go get a separate policy for those. Right. Uh, it's for mobile homes. It, and again, the, the answer in insurance is often, it depends. It depends. So I apologize <laughs> in advance. That's because we joke about it. it it's true. Yep. It depends. So if you have mobile homes and single family homes, oftentimes they will very similarly to the multifamily, they will grandfather them in or create a separate rate for those within the policy. So they are allowed, um, but the rate may be a little bit different for the mobile homes. The other option is there's a carrier that we work with that does nothing but mobile homes. Mobile homes, okay. So like I've got a client who has been investing in mobile home parks across the country. And that's what we use for him because they all of his properties are mobile home parks, specifically with only mobile homes. So that makes the most sense for his situation. And that was a selfish question because I'm now focusing on mobile home parks and I acquired my first one last year with my partner. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. So that's why I wanted to find out more about <laughs> There was an article I read a few months ago that that's just a great investment. I think yep. it was Bigger Pockets article. Yes. You may have yeah. read it. Yes, exactly. Yep. And it's a great investment. And also I feel like I'm doing something good for the community because we are in a crisis right now. Affordable home houses, right? Affordable housing yeah. is a big problem in San Francisco Bay Area or in Austin or Dallas. All the major cities, metros are sprawling with people, right? And then all of these Californians move to Austin and they start <laughs> buying up land and yes. the houses, right? They are hacking up the prices everywhere. So I, I just want to do something good while making money. <laughs> good for you. Yes. And as a side note, I think 99% of my neighbors are from California. Recent. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I, it could I, even I be 100%. I feel like the lone Texan. <laughs> In Texas. Yeah, see, soon it would be turned blue. <laughs> that's what I've been hearing. <laughs> yeah, I think Austin might already be. But... Yeah, that's what I saw in the last uh, yeah election. And of course, we don't want to get sidetracked. But I was like, wow, Austin is, is almost changed. <laughs> no, Texas is becoming purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So another question I have, and because 
every time I add or remove a policy, right? I also have a mortgagee and some properties I may have them free and clear. Do I pay the policy premium at the master level or when I add and remove, am I able to pay them separately, right? Because I would have to for whenever I have a mortgagee, like a lender, they would be paying the bill if, if I'm paying through escrow. And sometimes I'll be, I own the property outright and I want to pay it from my pocket, right? So how right. would that work? <clears throat> oh, so this is something that we also deal with quite a bit. So when you're just, when you own it free and clear, you can choose online, on that specific property you want if you want annual or monthly billing God. and that will be you will get a bill either monthly or annually for that or for those you know because you may have a number of those right if you have properties that have escrow that are escrowed and the lender is paying it then we just create an invoice and to go along with your evidence of insurance and we can do it or you can do that you know um, that part of it and then we send it to the lender and then the lender just pays us directly. That's awesome. So it's, it's pretty simplified. Now, yeah. another question I have, and this may be a curveball because we didn't talk about <laughs> it, is that because in, in, in the individual policy world, I have an, a claim on a policy A, right? And then uh -huh. of course my insurance goes up next year, right? right. <laughs> like if you have a claim on your vehicle or car accident, there is another, yeah. So what will happen in a master policy world? Would it apply to all my uh, uh, properties? If I had a claim on one property for whatever reason, uh, or would it the insurance go up only on for that property or would it apply to all entire policy and would it affect my insurance rate? Okay, so this is the good news about master policies. Because you are spreading the risk out over you know multiple properties, one claim, it would be very unusual for it to cause a rate increase at the time of renewal. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Very unusual. Right. Um, I've not seen that even. Um, so if you had, you know, well, you know, you'd have to have a lot of claims right. and not okay. be not be putting a lot on the policy over the annual period for the underwriter to take a look at it and say, hey, this this is not generating premium and we're paying claims. Nice. And then then you would see a rate increase. In that case, you should get rid of that property. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> yeah. But but that reminded me a story about my very first house uh, in 2007, a townhouse. I was insured with State Farm. I filed a claim, uh, and it was uh, I didn't know how much it would cost. First property, uh, my own primary residence on top of it. Uh, my deductible was 500 and the claim amount came to like 350. So I paid from my pocket and get everything fixed. And the next year I see and my insurance premium increased by hundred bucks. And I said, why? They said, oh yeah, you had a claim. I'm like, you didn't even pay for it. I, yeah, that's that so was, rude. <laughs> that was so bad. And, and on top of that, I, uh, I tried to change it to Allstate and I'm taking names because I want people to hear. They said, oh, you are not insurable because you had a claim last year. Like, what the? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so then I yeah. went with farmers and I'm still with farmers on my primary side. And that's where I have umbrella as well. But that was an interesting story that I was like, OK, I got to make sure when I buy rentals, too, 
that I don't have a claim. The, the whole reason you have an insurance is that you want to protect yourself. Right. And you paid the claim. You paid it. You exactly. self-insured. And it's and still in sold. my history. <laughs> this just sounds, seems very unfair. And yeah. I'm in the insurance industry. Yeah, I would have a, a little bit of a problem with that. Exactly. So no, that this is great. So I can pretty much send payments um, or who to the lender or set up such a way. Uh, so I, I like that option. The Another question. So the claim uh, claim question only. I had another question was that, is there, uh, or are, are, do I need to have certain number of properties to be able to or have a master insurance policy? Like it has to be now two or four or, or is there a minimum? Again, it depends on the carrier. <laughs> Some of our carriers, yes, they want you to have three to okay. five. Um, we can start a person out on our Lloyd's policy with fewer. Okay. Um, but I always will tell people, you know, check, this is what I can do with your one property. And we're a little bit limited because it's just the one. Right. But if you're going to be growing and you're going to be growing quickly, this might be a good alternative. This might be good. Yeah. Right. Because you will still have the advantages of the master policy, but go check out with the local agent first and see if you can do better than what we can do and then you know if and if you can then come back to me and if you know when you've got three to five so you know it really depends on the circumstances but I have had some folks who are being mentored mentored by um, other clients of mine and they are in even though they're just starting out they're going to be growing very very quickly and in some of those cases it it does make sense to go ahead and, and get that master policy set up. And then there are other times where people can't get, you know, a typical, you know, individual, you know, admitted policy, like with State Farm or Allstate, um, for whatever reason, then the condition of the property or the location or whatever. And so in those cases, it makes sense as well. Got it. Okay, no, th- this is awesome. So let me, the last question I want to ask, um, in this segment of the show is what are some of the gotchas when I'm going through an insurance contract? What are some of the things I need to look for? Excellent question. So a few things. First of all, know if it's a basic insurance policy or a special form insurance policy. So a basic form insurance policy is going to be much more lean and cover less. It's also going to be cheaper but it only covers what is listed, which is typically the five basic perils. Now, a special form policy, on the other hand, that will cover everything unless it is specifically listed as an exclusion in the policy. Ah, so loss of rents, these, that, all of those would be covered, right? Right. Okay. I mean, unless it's specifically excluded. Excluded. Right. Okay. Got it. So like, so yeah, a lot of time hurricane or flood would be excluded unless you have a separate policy. Right. Got exactly. It. So you're going to get much better coverage with a special form policy. So it's very good to know that difference because, you know, if, if you've got a basic form policy and, and a, something happens where you don't have coverage and, you, hey, I have an insurance policy. So it's a good thing to know. Another thing to... Um, look out for or, or know about your insurance policy would be your settlement basis. 
Do you have a replacement cost settlement or do you have an actual cash value settlement? What is your settlement? So, so I'm going to ask you a question. What do you recommend? I always select replacement. I like replacement cost. Okay. Okay. It's better. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because actual, you know, of course, the properties are appreciating like crazy. <laughs> right. Yes, because that is the definition of actual cash value. It is you take replacement cost, you deduct depreciation, which is based on the condition of the item and yes. the age of the item at the time of loss. So if you've got a 10-year-old roof that's seen a couple of hailstorms, you know, yeah. obviously you're not going to get a whole lot. Then you right. have your deductible. Yes. At the end of the day, you're self-insuring. Yep. And I don't want to self-insure. I got enough to do. I've got right. enough to keep track of without right. that. And, That's and just on, me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And on top of the, the crazy high price of lumber, right? Lumber has been going up for la, a year because I'm we are trying to build some about 16 houses in here in Bay, not Bay Area, but in California. So we have seen the lumbar go up more than double. So if you don't have replacement oh, policy, the labor costs, everything is going up. You, you'll be in big trouble trying to. It, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's and it's a really a business decision. It's like, okay, you know, have, have be well covered. Yes. Because unexpected loss happens. Um, another thing to be cognizant of is coinsurance. Okay. Uh, coinsurance is really important because it reduces your settlement. I mean, you are self-insuring to a degree with coinsurance. On a master policy, the way it works is because you are able to determine the amount of coverage that you put on a property, the Cohen, if you are underinsuring, and, and that's how that's what it is. Coinsurance penalties or coinsurance clauses are put in con contracts of insurance to encourage the insured to not underinsure a property. Oh, okay. That's why they're there. So on the master policy, for example, if you underinsure for 50% of the replacement cost, then your settlement is going to be reduced with that coinsurance clause by approximately the same amount. So it's important to know if you have a coinsurance clause, what it is and when it applies and how that would affect a settlement. So, um, and those, those are the main ones and that are, I think are the most important. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing all these value bombs. Uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go through the usual questions. I ask every guest on the podcast. Awesome. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Beth shared a lot of details about master insurance policy. Beth, are you ready for five round? Yes. Okay, I believe so. Let's go. Would it. it be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? Maybe. I'm real curious to see how things are going to shake out when forbearance ends, which I, I believe they've just extended to 2022. Yeah, they keep extending. So I don't mm -hmm. know for how long. 
but we'll see. <laughs> I think it's going to increase the inventory of um, appropriate rental investment properties. I think, but we'll see. Let's hope so. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so favorite real estate or finance or any other related book? Okay, so not to sound cliche, but I really have always loved the old Rich Dad, Poor Dad <laughs> by Robert Kiyosaki. But also, and these are old, I mean, now, because I'm old, so, you know, my books are old. But um, David Box, Smart, uh, Start Late, Finish Rich, oh, and I have Smart no Women, Finish Rich. He has lots of good real estate okay advice in those and i i it's to me they're classic you know just real estate investing is always good yeah and you have to start with the classics right to get the basics so i always tell everyone start with rich dad poor dad millionaire next door <laughs> yes richest man in babylon because those will give you the base and then you can do whatever multifamily this mobile home park you can read about whatnot but you got to start, you know, build the base, understand what this is about, right? So yes, awesome. exactly. And I have those. I, I should have yeah, mentioned them. Great books. Very and, good. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? You know, I, I do like Bigger Pockets real well. Um, real Wealth Network is another good one. Um, there's a lot of great Facebook groups as well that talk about. Um, just different investment strategies and have great advice. And I'm involved with a number of those. So, um, awesome. but I think bigger pockets would be my favorite. Yeah, it's a, it's a great start for sure. Any advice for beginner investors? That's a great question. So yes, I would say, first of all, get a great mentor that has done it and been in the business and, and been successful and is willing to share, then the next thing would be get your people, uh, have your team, you know, your accountant, your real estate agent, your real estate attorney, your insurance broker, uh, get your people assembled um, and choose them carefully because these are the people, you don't have to be an expert in everything, yes. but you need to have people around you that have that expertise that will make or break you. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, that's a great advice. And I keep telling everyone, real estate is a team sport. You yes. got to build a team and you have to, as you said, find the right people, right? Maybe take your time, find the right people. And once you have that team of experts around you, you can focus on what you know the best or what you wanna, or what, what you are passionate about, right? So that's exactly. the key. How do you give back? How do I give back? Well, with COVID, we haven't been able to do quite as much of it. So this year it's been mostly through donations. Um, but in the past, I've really enjoyed working with children, you know, working through the school, um, enjoying, you know, getting together with the kids and helping them learn and being part of all of that. Um, I love working with animals as well. And, and then of course I've got three grown children that seem to take a lot of my donation time as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you can edit that or kill me. <laughs> no, thank you so much. How can my listeners reach out to you? Um, they can email me at eboiseau 
at lloyd-ins.com. And um, they can also call me at 972-342-4280. Awesome. So I'll put that in the show note as well. Thank you, Beth. I literally learned a lot today. So yeah, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. glad. <laughs> well, you. I enjoyed it. This is great. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.